0: Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, national title game tonight between Kansas and UNC. It's Masters Week and we are into the month of April, which means we're in the month of the 2022 NFL draft. If you want to place a bet on any of the sports action, BetOnline.ag is the place
1: to do it. 24-7, 365, always open. Make sure whatever idea y'all got, make sure y'all go to betonline.ag.
0: Again, if you're looking to place a wager in tonight's national title game, head over to betonline.ag on your desktop or mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, it is good to see your face. I have survived Las Vegas. We've got a national title game tonight. It is Masters week. We're into the month of April as well, which means we are less than a month away from the 2022 NFL draft. A lot to talk about here on today's episode of Believe in Steelers. How are you doing this morning, my man?
1: Man, I'm glad to see you back in one piece coming off of your trip. That's <laughs> that, that's number one. I'm glad you I'm glad you did have a good time. But yeah, April has started off good, whether it's women's basketball and of course the national championship for the men's basketball is tonight. Then we got the draft coming up, and why not the masters if you like golf? Hopefully, Tiger. You know, he said it was gonna be a game time decision. So I wonder what's the over-under on Tiger coming back for the Masters. Make sure y'all go to betonline.ag to check that out as well.
0: We'll get into that here later in today's show. Bobby Wagner signing with the Rams. The Steelers over under win total is set, but we will start. Bruce Arians retiring from coaching and moving to a front office role with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ike. This was no surprise to me. I am an avid listener to the Bill Simmons podcast, and I've read and listened to Bill Simmons' work, Ike, for like a decade He's someone I try to mold my career after a little bit just because it's smart read between the tea leaves and getting into the how and why of sports versus just the who, what, when, where. Bill Simmons had predicted this would happen like a month ago as soon as there were rumblings that Tom Brady would unretire. And I, I know they always cite family and I know Bruce Arians is older But you cannot tell me that Bruce Arians wouldn't be the head coach this upcoming season if not for Brady. Todd Bowles is going to get his opportunity now. Still excited about that, and Bruce Arians still in a front office role. But there is a connection there between Brady coming back, Bruce Arians no longer being the head coach, Ike, and I will not be told otherwise.
1: Man, I disagree with you 100%. And the reason why, why, Mark, I disagree with you, I see Coach Bruce Arians. How he how he dealt with minorities. I heard the stories with Bruce Arians as he told him being at Temple and his first roommate who had a kid and he was black and he took care of his kid. I seen Coach Bruce Arians bring in minorities and females when it comes down to a coaching staff in Arizona. I seen Coach Bruce Aarons take his Tampa, the Tampa Big Buck team to make his coaching staff my former teammates a Larry Foote, a Brian Leftwich, or Antoine Randall L, a Goody, a Goody Jr. And he wound up bring two other females as weight room specialist and weight room coach, and he wanted to bring another female as a coach. I seen Coach Bruce Aries be so much so unselfish in him not only stepping down but moving up in the front office. Here's why. Coach Ty Bowles. Coach Ty Bowles is a minority. Is minority, a young, a young black coach who had the opportunity with the Jets. Obviously, that didn't work out. I heard Coach Bruce Arias say, you know what, Coach? Man, I don't want me in the Super Bowl. I think hopefully, man, I got me a good resume as a head coach. I'm going to do something with, with, which usually doesn't happen for a black coach in this situation. I'm going to give you a quarterback. I've seen this before. So when you when you say it's a front office move, I've seen what Coach Bruce Arias have done for minorities and women as well for a long time. This ain't overnight. This been going back to his temple days since the late 80s, the early 80s, if you want to say so coach Coach Bruce Arians, he's always looked at minorities or women. He's always had an open mind. So when they say, man, Tom Brady moved into the front office, I'm like, nah. I seen what happened with Coach Tyler Bowles and Coach Tyler Bowles and Bruce Arians, them, them, them two talked in the offseason. And Coach, coach Bruce Arians was like, you know what? If you don't like a job or a situation, and if you don't like the pay, I would gladly, I would gladly step down and give you an opportunity and a chance. And that's and that's just been coach, that's just been coach uh coach Bruce Aaron's. I've seen I've seen him tell Byron Leftwiss, you know what, if you don't like the Jacksonville Jag, Jaguars and how they're running their organization, come on and come back. I can pay you like a head coach. Hey Todd, hey Todd, you're my defensive coordinator, but I can pay you like a head coach. Now Todd actually will have that head coaching job and then working out the extension. I think it's a five-year deal. So yeah, this to me, in my mind, to me, this is just my personal opinion. This ain't got nothing to do with Coach uh, with Tom Brady. This has everything with Coach Bruce Arians and how he gives minorities and women an opportunity. One of the only white coaches who have a a boatload of staff members who are minorities or blacks or females. Ba started this. He always went against the grain. So no, I don't think I don't I don't think Tom Brady asked him to retire. I don't think this. I don't think Tom Brady was like, you know what? If I come back, Ba has to has to go in the front office. I thought BA always looked out for minorities. I thought BA always had a plan. And I thought BA taught to, to Coach Balls, and was like, you know what? These job interviews, you going on, this situation you going on. You know what? If Tom, if Tom Brady, if Tom Brady comes back, I'm stepping, I'm stepping down as a head coach, moving in the front office. Why we don't think about that part? Why gotta be Tom Brady? Why coach BA couldn't tell. Uh, tell Coach Bowles, you know, if Tom, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a franchise quarterback for two years. You're gonna draft a quarterback in, in the next two or three years to replace Tom Brady. But this is what I'm about to do for you. Why he couldn't say that to him? So while when Tom come back, it got it got to be, oh, Tom Brady don't like Bruce Arias. They gonna say what they need to say in the media to make it look good. Why it got to be that? Is what I'm asking.
0: When there's smoke, there's fire, Ike. I'm not going to argue what you're saying in terms of Arian's staff, because the track record speaks for itself. I'm not going to argue that at all because, and he's been successful in high, his staff. He's won everywhere he's gone. And he's going to be in the team's ring of honor, despite the fact that he's only been the head coach for three seasons. I'm not arguing there. What I would argue is, is where there's smoke, there's fire. And what I mean by that is Brady for two decades in new England has been the TV 12 method, the workaholic, Sometimes perception is reality in that regard. It's no, it's no secret that Arians is more a little bit more of a trimmed down schedule, a little bit more laid back. Let's get in our work early, get in early, leave early, that kind of thing. And so when I read reports about that, there there's the the notion is this, Ike, is that if Brady thinks that there's another coach, maybe in Todd Bowles. That gives him a better opportunity to win and what will likely be his final season well, in why the NFL.
1: To Brady is all I'm saying. Mark. Why can't be? Why can't be? Why can't be? Uh, Coach Bruce Aarons looking out for Ty Bowles. Why does he have to do anything with Ty and Brady? Why he couldn't? Why he couldn't tell Coach Coach Ty Bowles like you know if Brady does come back, you need this head coaching job because he's a franchise quarterback. I want y'all to see why I'm out of the way. Why this just gotta be with Tom Brady being in with being in New England? They they won during the pandemic. His first year, no offseason, damn near. That's exactly how they by Coach Bruce Arians' style. <laughs> That's exactly how they won. Mm-hmm. Coach Bruce Arians, Coach BA, BA changed his whole philosophy, changed his whole coaching style because of Tom Brady, as he should. Because <laughs> you're getting the guy, you're getting the guy who was a seven-time Super Bowl champion. But why this can't be about Coach BA? trying to help minorities and women out when it comes down to giving them a good head start. Why does got to be so much about time and what he's been doing and coach being what they've been doing? Obviously they, obviously they work well with each other for a couple of years and know what each other like and dislike. Why this can't be about being helping the minorities is what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying.
0: You're the first person I've heard Ike bring up that argument. And I'm just thinking out loud here at this point. To me, the answer to that question would be the timing. And here's what I mean by that. Todd Bowles, and this is just a quick Google search right now, I interviewed for other head coaching vacancies this offseason. Now, was he actually legitimately considered as a candidate or was he the candidate interviewed as part of the Rooney Rule process and it was more of a sham interview, something we've talked about with Brian Flores, Ike. And so I my answer to that question would be the timing because – Okay, I'm looking. This is just a Google search off the top of my head, Ike. Todd Bowles has interviewed with both the Vikings and the Raiders this offseason before deciding to come back and continue to serve at the time as the defensive coordinator of the Buccaneers. Now he's getting the opportunity to be the head coach. So those other franchises could have poached Todd Bowles because we both like Todd Bowles as a coach, Ike. Yeah,
1: so so my, my, my whole thing was B.A. told Todd Bowles, and I'm just talking – they told Ty Balls, man, you should go out there and see what's out there. But if Tom Brady comes back, man, let me step, let me step down from this coaching and move into this front office and give you Tom Brady because you already got head coaching experience. Now you can put Brian Leftwich as an assistant head coach. We're not thinking. Let's see, we keep worrying about Tom. We ain't thinking about B. A. and how he's been looking out. So now, so now. So now under By- Byron Leftwich's uh resume, he got assistant head coach. Coach Todd Boss has been the head coach and everybody else. Larry Foote now moves into the defense coordinator position. Like this, this BA know what BA know what the heck he's doing. So why? This gotta be about Tom Brady and them two not getting along with BA. Like, no, I'm trying to put my minority staff in better positions.
0: And let's take this a step further too, Ike. Because, honestly, your argument actually makes a lot of sense. But let's take this a step further. Maybe B.A. would have continued to be the head coach without Tom Brady because I always like looking at the over-under win totals, which we'll get into for the Steelers here in our next segment. But the Buccaneers win total, what it was when Tom Brady had retired for however many days it was, versus when he decided to come back and how much that would help him. And what I mean by that is is that – maybe Arians would have continued to be the head coach for a season or two because your team's going to be better with Tom Brady as the quarterback versus if it weren't. And so maybe the reason he is coming back is, or excuse me, that Arians is stepping aside is, okay, Todd Bowles now has an opportunity to be successful versus say you were to make this move after the fact with Tom Brady. If Tom Brady weren't the quarterback and Bowles were then the head coach, he might be stepping into a situation where he doesn't have a good quarterback. We like Todd Bowles as a head coach, but when he was the head coach of the New York jets, couldn't really figure out the quarterback situation. And that's the reason why he's not a, he was not a head coach in the league for several years We saw what his defenses can do, particularly in the Super Bowl, shutting down Patrick Mahomes and company, and they didn't score a touchdown. Now, I know if you look back and you just look at the snapshot of the game, Tom Brady, Super Bowl MVP, that wasn't the narrative of the Super Bowl two years ago, Ike, and we've talked about that here on this show. And so this is the first – you are the first person who's brought this up, Ike, that I've heard in any media, and I'm telling you this right now. This upcoming week, we're going to see this – Here on a national show, I'm going to be like, my guy Ike Taylor called this. It's April the 4th, we're recording this the morning, Monday, April the 4th, Ike. I think it's a great point. I I had never really thought about that. The one counter I would have would be, okay, if that's the case, Todd Bowles could have been poached again. I know the Vikings and the Raiders interviewed him this offseason to be their head coaches, potentially both of those franchises obviously (laughs) decide to go in different
1: directions. They knew Tom was coming back. They Tom ain't put his he was coming back. When I when I was down, when I was down, when we did our event down in, in Tampa I had to the it Off Geneva, the cigar lounge down there, they already knew Tom was coming back. They say Tom ain't put it in his face. He coming back. So I mean he, he, and if you look at it, he just had too much gas left in the tank on how well he played. I mean, he damn near was up for the league MVP. Why why would I go out? You know, like, I've never been a guy y'all call athletic. I've always been the guy who's clutch. i always made the, the game-winning drive. That, that's been me all my life. So I don't have to get outside the pocket. As a matter of fact, last year, I think I had my longest rushing yards last year. And damn near my 22nd, you know, NFL season. So why, why should I retire? You know, so I thought it was just a heated up moment. I thought somebody out of this camp probably leaked it out. And he was like, nah, man, he wound up asking his wife. And I'm like, babe, like, I still got a lot left. She was like, I hate to say it. You do. You know, if you coming up, if you if you coming up in mentions as a league MVP at 44, 45 years old, why why would you stop now? You know, so that's 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 how I look at it with Tom. I ain't never really think Tom was going to retire like that. Uh, Tom, Tom had too much gas left in the tank for me, Mark.
0: I'll piggyback off that. Led the league. In both passing touchdowns and passing yardage in the 2021 season, Ike. That's but I, I'm still of the thought process to where if Brady decides to retire, like I, I think the, Tom Brady had something to do with this, Ike. That's just my opinion. That's where we disagree, and that's okay. Before we go to the next subject, though, Ike, Bruce Arians coached on the Steelers staff, who's the receivers coach from 04 to 2006 excuse me, uh, yes, receivers coach 0-4 to 2006 and then the offensive coordinator from 2007 through the 2011 season. What's like the best Bruce Arian story you can share here on the show? I don't know if I've ever asked you this before.
1: Nah, B. When B.A. had Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders, and, uh, <laughs> and Antonio Brown, he, he said, right, I got some cars in my garages and all of them fast. He said we, we going we're gonna smoke y'all last in training camp this year. I, I guarantee you we smoke. Y'all. I got some calls and they and hey, I'm gonna go, don't let you know we're gonna smoke y'all. And <laughs> that was the first time Coach BA had a, a a trio like that when it came down to the wide receivers. Mike Wallace was running four twos, four twos, four threes, waking up out the bed. Emmanuel Sanders had to be probably the toughest son of a gun at 165 soaking wet, route running, coming down and cut blocking a blindside side and linebackers or a defensive end. And we already know A.B., a young A.B. at the time. Was just, you already knew he was the one. That's how A.B. was. So, man, he had a trio. But once he got his trio, once once they drafted the guys that he wanted for that wide, wide receiver position, Mark, he couldn't wait to train to count. He could, cause every every route was a deep route, a goal, a post, an eighteen yard comeback. There wasn't the three routes. He said, "I right, we gonna we gonna redline your engine this year." He said, "That that engine gonna be on that red line. Yeah, yeah 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 yeah. He said, "We are gonna redline the hell out of your engine. You think you fast? I got some fast guys." And he wasn't lying. Like,
0: so how did you push back? Were you just like, yeah, bring it. I've seen it all in my career to this point. Like, do you not know who I am and who I've gone against, you know, not just against the opposition, but against other Steelers receivers that you had gone up against to that point in your career?
1: Yeah. For for you to come to me and talk to me about receivers and and, and say you got a few receivers who can beat me deep. I know y'all are talking about me and the staff needs. So that's how I looked at it. I say, dang, this 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 what they saying. this what they drafted. We got to get someone or somebody who can either match or be as fast as I can on our football team. So that, that 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 was that was the way I, I was yeah. looking at the situation. Like, oh, so y'all talking about me, and y'all means oh, all the way good.
0: <laughs> and I tweeted out a social graphic this morning, like fastest Players in NFL history, they have the next-gen stats. You are on that list as well. Uh You mentioned Mike Wallace as well. He's also on that list of players and in that group of players. So game recognizes game. I I, Look, I'll I'll call you out when I see it. But in terms of speed, now look at that old Tom Shaw video clip saying that you're among the fastest players he's ever coached. Game recognizes game, and I take the testimony of you know what the stats and metrics show me, but then what other people say as well. So that that doesn't surprise me at all. But that's an amazing interaction between both you and oh, yeah. Bruce Arians.
1: Oh yeah, you love B.A. Me is easy going. Now when it's time to coach, he gonna coach. He gonna let. It, he gonna give it to you blood raw. But when it's time to relax and chill, he gonna relax and chill just as well.
0: All right, Ike. The Steelers over under win total several. Betting line, Caesars, DraftKings, FanDuel, set the Steelers' win total over under at seven and a half. And I tell you what, like, I have nervousness and trepidation that the 2022 season will be head coach Mike Tomlin's first losing season. But I still kind of like the over because seven and a half. Remember, there's a 17-game regular season now as well. Where are you at on this line? Honestly, Vegas always does it perfectly, but I'm going to be a yinter, I'm going to be glass half full. I say take the over even though I think the Steelers could go like
1: 8 and 9 this season. Yeah, see, I my my first mind saying 8 and 9, but just my the betting part of me is don't bet, don't bet against Coach Tom. That's, that's, that's the betting part of it. So like, deep, deep down, like, oh, yeah, they definitely going 8-9, you know. But then the other side, like, damn, I forgot who the head coach is. Like, Coach T always find a way to figure a bad situation out or what what we think is bad. We might, as, as outsiders, might think is bad. Them guys in the locker room, like, man, Coach Tomlin done pumped so much good stuff in us. Man, we... We won with Duck Hodges. <laughs> with Duck Hodges. So just picture what we can do with, you know, a formal first-round draft pick.
0: Sorry, like Duck Hodges, you're exactly right because I always look at he was the fourth stringer coming into that year, remember, because Josh Jobs got traded to the Jaguars. Big Ben obviously got hurt. Mason Rudolph uh, was there as well. So he was really the fourth stringer. But then Duck Hodges, and like, look, I love Duck Hodges, but he didn't even start for a CFL team, Mike. Right. Like, that was the quarterback that you had to play with that year because that's who was available. And the Steelers still went 500 uh, that season. And so that was when we started the show, too. And like, oh, man. So the disrespect, though, comes from there's a lot of factors that go into this. Obviously, Ben Roethlisberger retiring, uh, the impending retirement of GM Kevin Colbert two future Hall of Famers. Right. The question of what does Mitch Trubisky look like in Matt Canada's system, something we're going to be talking about all off-season long on into training camp. And then the improvements across the board in the AFC North. So the Browns bringing in Deshaun Watson. You've got the Bengals building up their offensive line with Lale Collins as well. Uh, There's also, so obviously the AFC North teams, but they'll be taking on teams from both the AFC East and the NFC South in the 2022 regular season. I like the over. I will always like the over, given Mike Tomlin's resume and what he's shown in 15 years going into year 16. But, man, it's going to be really, really tough. And it's not just the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. The Ravens are going to get healthy again. You know, what the Browns look like as well, because they're going to be rebuilt, considering that they had made the playoffs two seasons back. Uh, This division is just going to be... Like Cam Hayward says, bring all the smoke. We'll see what happens come September.
1: Yeah, it's, it's gonna be a tough division, especially when Deshaun Watson get done with his his uh suspension. Yep. You know, you, you got Joe Burrow, you got uh Lamar Jackson coming back healthy, you know, so they're gonna they're gonna load up at the wide receiver position for him. They had a lot of guys who were injured, a lot of starters who was injured for the Baltimore Ravens. So you can only imagine when they come back with the with a healthy team. And then you got, you know, we got Mitchell Trubisky, so we shall we shall see, and that's exactly how I gotta say it. Like I said, like we got Mitchell Trubisky. So basically, we got. If you if you if you draft them right now, you know, out the four out the four quarterbacks in the AFC North, which one are you taking last?
0: I mean, here's here's the thing too, Ike. I would consider Tyler Huntley, maybe even Jacoby Brissett in that same conversation with Trubisky. So we already know, if you're at, you always say this, like, if you're asking the question, you already know the answer. I mean, come <laughs> on. But, and that's, look, maybe we were being a little bit overly harsh on Trubisky, but that's more so right, right. about what Joe Burrow's done, what Lamar Jackson done, what Deshaun that's, Watson has done in this league.
1: Yeah, that's all that, that. No disrespect to Mitchell Trubisky is just, you know, them three guys use his name between Joe, Deshaun Watson, and, uh, and, uh, and Lamar Jackson, we're talking about a former league MVP. We're talking about a guy who just came from out of the Super Bowl. And we're talking about a, a, another guy, if he would have had any kind of talent around him, Deshaun Watson, on offense or defensive side. There was one game away from going to the Super Bowl on beating Kansas City at home. So this is no disrespect to Mitchell. You're just talking about the resumes and the guys who are in front of him. They got real good resumes.
0: They've all won playoff games as well. And I so this over under line, one of the books was at Caesars where uh-huh. I was staying this last weekend in Las Vegas. And right. so to transition here, I am sitting there at Caesars with a friend of a friend at the bachelor party. And this, this particular friend, he was the first guy to get in on this trip this weekend. And we're sitting there and the news comes across the screen on ESPN that Bobby Wagner had signed with the Rams and this buddy, he's from Seattle, but not necessarily the biggest football or sports fan. And he goes, wait a second. Isn't that linebacker from the Seattle Seahawks? And so it's like, yeah, he goes, that guy's a damn good player. And it's like, yeah, eight, eight time all pro linebacker and the Rams, they, they're just going to reload. I think that this position almost fills the star power now that Von Miller is going to the Buffalo Bills, but you pair anyone with Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey on the back end, Bobby Wagner earning that five-year contract, $50 million It can be worth up to $65 million. But they're reloading the defense, going to try to repeat as Super Bowl champions. And remember, they don't really have first-round draft picks for the next several years you know, as a result know. of the Matt Stafford trade. And it won't matter because exactly, I like now, now that they're just reloading the defense with star talent, a defense I would not want to go against. Go ahead. Didn't they just
1: get Allen Robinson? Yeah. Yes, sir. So they 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 I mean you talking about running an organization, they're running an unorthodox organization and winning Super Bowls. Coach GM Leslie is doing something unheard of and people are scratching their heads, but he's like, I'd rather have star power and guys who are ready now than to get guys ready during the draft in his first round. So I'd rather give up some of these first-round draft picks for guys who are already proven in the lead, and I can build from the second down. That's exactly what – so the second round for him is the first round because all he's doing is building. He's like, dang, if I get a first-round draft pick, it's definitely the same thing as a second round. It just depends on how many guys are in what position or what, what side I need. So I see exactly what Les Snead is doing. He's doing something – He's going in a way people usually don't go, but he's winning. So uh, it's just unorthodox as hell, Mark, what the hell Les Snead is doing over there. But obviously it's working.
0: I think it helps a lot being in L.A. You're in media market number two. It's a destination other players want to come. It's a place where a lot of players live in the offseason. Florida, Texas, and California, you can train year-round. You can be outside year-round, it's warm enough, to where you're not in the cold in other parts of the country. So I think being in L.A. also helps in this regard because it is a destination of where players want to go, given the sunshine, given the lifestyle overall. And again, I look at, okay, what have their resumes shown to this point and what do they have left in the tank? In the last five years, Aaron Donald, five all-pro selections. Wagner, four all-pro selections. Ramsey, three. And so only six defensive players in the entire league have achieved that same feat over that five-year period. Now they have three of them on that defense?
1: Right. Oh. Yeah, big shout-out to Bobby Wagner. He, he definitely yeah. deserved. I'm I'm glad, I'm glad his resume helped him build and go to a team where he really wanted to go. And I think that fit him perfect. He got out of a toxic situation up in Seattle. You know, Washington, now he's with... You know, really a carefree, a coach, uh, a young coach who understands players, who dang near got a good movement going on over there with the uh, LA Rams. So he in the perfect now. Now he got a D tackle, a Hall of Fame D tackle, who's gonna let her roam around free. I'm sure they're gonna get another D tackle, another DN in his draft to give some help on that defensive line. But man, we call it six o'clock, and your six o'clock is having having somebody who's. On the D-line, which is a good D-tackle, or having a badass middle middle linebacker, as in good, a Hall of Famer. Then you go on the secondary side, and you got Jalen Ramsey. So, honestly, to be honest, with you, it's hard to have three Hall of Famers on, on, on one side of the ball. And if you think about it, whenever they retire, that's exactly what they're going to be. Jaden Ramsey, Bobby Wagner, and Aaron Donald, three Hall of Famer guys on one team at the same time, exactly in their prime.
0: I want to thank Les Snead and the Rams front office as well. Thank you for signing Bobby Wagner so that he stays away from the Baltimore Ravens. Thank you in advance to Les Snead in the front office there.
1: Yeah, Les know exactly what he's doing.
0: Ike, you're the absolute best. Before we wrap up here, we've got a national title game tonight, Kansas and North Carolina. I'm going to rock with.
1: Go go ahead, Ike. Go ahead, Ike. I'm going to go North Carolina, Mark. The baby blue. Like, that's my college team. I like when it comes down to basketball, the the Tar Heels. All right. They
0: are a four-point underdog, Ike. Hubert Davis, in his first season as the head coach, he had been an assistant under Roy Williams, who is now in the first year of his retirement. Uh, Tonight's going to be interesting, too, because Roy Williams, back in the day, coached Kansas. I'm going to go with the Jayhawks, Ike. The Jayhawks made me me a little bit of money in Las Vegas. Uh, It was one of my few winning bets. I'm going uh, with the Jayhawks. My, my brother's a KU alum. I should hate Kansas because I'm a Missouri alum. They're huge rivals, but Kansas won me some money in Las Vegas. I'm going to go with Kansas, the four-point favorite, and reason being, too, Hubert Davis has had heck of a run, Ike. But, again, a first-year head coach has never won a title before, so if Davis and the Tar Heels do it tonight, they'll be making history. I like Kansas, though. Okay. Uh, I'm just hoping we see a great game. I cannot wait. In tonight's national title game, it's going to be. A, it should be a great one.
1: Yeah, for sure, we'll watch that game. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. And again, if you want to place a bet on any of the action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. I want to thank them as the sponsor of today's Believe in Steelers show. Ike, you're the absolute best. I want Appreciate. to thank the folks over at the Believe Network and our crew at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, Lucy Odin, and the crew over there. Thank you to the listeners and viewers of watching Believe in Steelers. We're going to keep rolling on Friday's episode of the show. We've got our position groups of the 2022 Class Ike. We're going to be starting with quarterbacks and running backs, recording that on Wednesday. And again, that episode will be due out on Friday as well. So I'm excited to get into draft talk with you because now we are less than a month away from the 2022 NFL Draft.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I got to put my GM hat when it comes down to this draft, so I can't wait till Wednesday to share my thoughts and see what people say about this, uh, about this draft. But we've been hitting on this draft, so I can't wait.
0: For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for watching Believe in Steelers. We will see you later this week. Until then, take care and so long, everybody.
1: Peace.